Hope you guys are all having a really uh, great day and afternoon and appreciate you guys being here tonight uh, just to be able to spend a little bit of time together, just lifting our voices together to praise our God and uh, open up His Word and, and, and uh, pull out some insight and hopefully be challenged to move beyond uh, where we are uh, so we can go out and really be great ambassadors of His to be the tangible hand of Christ uh, in our world. We are in a series right now that we are calling Together We Can, uh, just to remind you that uh, the series was inspired by my time in Benin in Western Africa, especially when I came, a, came about this carving. And uh, this carving is three people holding up a water jug or a vase, and uh, it has holes in it, and they're clogging up the holes. And when I talked to the, to the uh, sculptor, he, uh, he told me that, that he called this, Together We Can Stop the Water. And he was saying that, that, you know what, there's too many holes, there's too many holes in our society, but together we can we can make it right. And I thought that was such a beautiful picture of, of biblical community. And I just wanted to take that image and take it uh, to its next step to really be able to talk about the local church and really what are the expectations of, of being part of a local church. What makes it work? What are, what are those things? And last week we, we talked about just this, this truth-telling, this, this honesty, this uh, integrity element of, of how we come together and how do we speak to one another and how, how trust is, is the, one of these fundamental things for any relationship in any community that you have to have trust, and with, without it, there is no community. But the next thing that I uh, really thought about is just this idea of just us coming together, participating in, in uh, a weekly gathering or in small group uh, gatherings and growth groups, or just maybe with another person across the table having a, a cup of coffee. And that's really uh, just kind of the umbrella of what I really want to look at today is this whole idea of, of together we can participate. Participate in what? Participate in Christ's body and participate in, in, in the church of Jesus Christ. Now, uh, those of you who don't maybe not know me uh, very well, some things that I really like to do is I love to read. I love to read books, but I also love to read current event articles. I, 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 like, uh, I like government and uh, local government. I don't like it, but I like to, to, to learn about it and to hear what things are going on. I also, as a, as a pastor, get a lot of information, read a lot of articles just about the local church uh, around the world and, and specifically in America. And I've been seeing a lot of kind of different things happening and reading a lot of different articles. And I, I've made some, maybe some conclusions, some connections, and I just wanted to share those with you guys to see if maybe it makes sense to you, uh, I'll leave it up to you if it, if it doesn't or, or if it does, but it, but it kind of made sense to me, and I, I wanted to talk to you guys about it. 
And it all kind of started uh, on a Thursday morning. Every Thursday morning, I, I'm hang, I hang out at Red Eye in Midtown and uh, have kind of a standing coffee appointment with Steve-O. And, and uh, there's also these, these other ladies that show up every Thursday morning and they knit. I know, I mean, knitting. I mean, it's cool for them, and I, I don't even think, I think knitting is not necessarily the main thing. I think the main thing is them getting together, but it's kind of interesting to me to, to you know, kind of watch them uh, knit, not like in a freaky way, but, but you know, we all kind of notice who's around, and, and especially people that we go that we, you know, we see them on a regular basis and kind of kind of learn kind of their patterns of life and and it just becomes part of our normal pattern of of what we expect and uh, and I, I started thinking about what they were doing and then and then I was thinking about uh, society and all of these kind of stuff I, I'm, I'm opening up my mind on how my mind works so it might get a little bit scary but but so these girls were doing their knitting and and reading all these articles about different things in society and then the imagery of of the saying the fabric of society came to mind and and it all came together of the of this this kind of image of a, of a of a pile of yarn and and I wanted to unpack that a little bit for you you see when these girls, they knit stuff together, or these ladies, these women, uh, knit, knit things together, uh, it's, it's really, it's an amazing thing. And they don't have any glue or, or drills or, or screw guns or anything like, a nor, you know, normally you would think, you know, that to make something. They, they just have yarn in these, these little needles, and they take things that, 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 is just really kind of formless and and they build something out of it but when they're when like they discard yarn and it's just you know they cut yarn off and it's off of the side it's just it's just in a pile in it and it's all loose and it has substance but it really isn't anything except just a pile of yarn and there's nothing that that is holding it together and i was thinking that we talk about the fabric of society, you know, the fabric of, of community. This image in my mind really started to, to manifest of, you know what, society really is not so much fabric, but, but it's just a pile of loose thread, uh, uh, a pile of, of just yarn just sitting there and somehow clumped together. And I started wondering why, why, why is that? Why is that in my in in my mind? And and the reality is that I, I've been seeing and listening to disturbing reports that I'm sure that that you guys have heard that you know things about about violence and 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 budget you know cuts and and things like that. And as I've been listening to these reports, I. Uh, you know, heard the other day of of a, a federal correction uh, person on the radio, and they were advocating why we need to put more money so we can build more prisons. And it was kind of interesting because I've been reading articles about how church attendance in America is on the decline. And it was interesting as I was driving in this morning, I. 
I saw uh, the Appalachian Center, which is a, is a mental health facility here locally. And they have this huge construction project, which they're, they're expanding. And not that I'm against that. I'm glad that our society values, values people. But also weighing that against, you know what? You know, what, why is this necessary? And weighing that against another article that I read about just how, how people are, are disconnected and, and no longer have that connection with a centralized body or a centralized image anymore. Going along and just reading other articles and, and hearing other things about just how, how school violence is on the rise, you know, we heard of Columbine and, and we've heard of different school shootings in Virginia and all sorts of things. And we start to scratch our head, why, why is these kind of things happening? And realizing that, you know what, we, we teach our children that, that life is no more than you, you, you live and what you can get out of it and you die, that there is no greater purpose in life. There is no God. There only is science. And you have these things happening year after year after year. And what used to be the fabric of society is, is now we've just added just loose pieces of yarn. And the problem with this, and I think the biggest problem is this, is with, with this kind of clump, with this kind of imagery, that that you don't really notice if something is missing. Like you don't notice if, this, if these pieces of yarn were people. You don't really notice if this person just kind of drops off the map and, and just kind of fades away. You don't notice if someone is on the track of... of criminal behavior, and you know what? We'll just build more prisons and we'll put them away. We don't notice in our society anymore if someone is emotionally distraught. Well, let's just, let's just expand our, our, our mental health facilities and let's put them away. And we look and we look at our society and go, oh, you know what? This is our new reality, and, and it's the same. I don't notice that a couple of pieces of yarn were pulled out. But the truth is that I don't believe that this is God's vision for us. That God's vision for community is not just a loose collection of, of, of people that, that have something maybe in common or just kind of live in the same place and if one falls out, then you know what? There'll be some others that come in and, and it'll all work out in the end. That there's something fundamentally wrong with this picture. And a lot of times when I, I do what I do, when, when my soul doesn't sit right with, with the status quo, I try to find out, well, what is God's vision for community? What does that look for? Does look like? What does he want for his local church? What he calls the body of Christ or, or his bride? 
And I believe God led me to Colossians in chapter 1, and you may want to open up your Bibles. And I just want to read this, this passage to you, and then I just wanted to spend a few minutes of kind of just unpacking it and, and, and sharing with some, you the, some of the thoughts that, that came to mind as I read it. Starting in verse 24, Paul says this, I am glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I am participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. That is why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and the church at Laodicea and for the many other believers who I have never met personally. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I'm telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you, and I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. And now, just as you accepted Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Will you guys pray with me? Dear God, I just pray that you will open up our hearts and minds today to what you are trying to communicate to us. What is our responsibility? What is our part in the local church? Does it matter? You just give us clarity on what direction you want us to take. God, we want to follow you. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want you to, if you have your Bibles, maybe you want to do what I, what I did. I went through and I, and I circled some words that, that caught my attention. First word that caught my attention was, was participating in the sufferings of Christ. Another one that caught my attention was this word responsibility. Responsibility of serving the church. Another little phrase that caught my attention was work and struggle so hard in verse 29. This one really jumped out at me at the beginning of chapter 2. Agonized 
agonized. And then finally, I circled this, encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. And I let these words kind of marinate in my brain, and I, and I prayed through them and was looking at them and, and decided to do some further research because these are very strong words. I am participating in suffering. Hey guys, after you know E3, our gathering tonight, you want to go participate in some suffering? It'll be cool. I mean, who says that? You know, who brags about that? Nobody wants to do that. Or responsibility? Who wants responsibility? Responsibility means that you'll be held accountable to something. Working hard and struggling? Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm all about that. Or how about this? Agonized. Agonized for you and for the church. The only one that's kind of cool in here is, you know, this encouragement knit together and kind of cool that it's at the end, so maybe we'll feel good about everything. So, uh, but I just first wanted to talk to you about this, this taking responsibility seriously. I mean, taking our responsibilities seriously. In Romans chapter 12, Paul writes this. In verse 6, he says, God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out when you have faith that God is speaking through you. If your gift is that of serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, do a good job of teaching. If your gift is to encourage others, do it. If you have money, share it generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. What's Paul saying here? He's saying, look, we all have a part and a responsibility in the body of Christ. Some of us are the heart of the local church. Some of us are the minds of the local church. Some of us are the pinky finger of the local church. But all are valuable. Everything is intertwined. And in a healthy, biblically functioning church, it's the same thing as a healthy, functioning body. When one part is not working correctly, the whole thing suffers. But the truth is that many of us, that that. We have come to the place where we don't believe that and we don't follow through on that. That we don't think that we have an active role to play, that we don't have a responsibility, that, that we just come to be fed. I just want to come and be fed and, 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 and do my thing and then, and then go. I want to check it off of my, my list. And, and we've gotten this this just perverted view of what it means to be part of a local church. This organization that that Jesus himself set in place. As a pastor, and I'm a pretty just blunt, honest guy, 
Yeah, you know, and I, I tell you guys stuff, you know, kind of the, the, the things that, that people tell me and, and, and uh, just some of the different ideas. And I, I do it not to rip on anybody, but, but to really just kind of show you the, 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 the kind of the mindset the American local church is, has come to. And, and I'm sure that you've probably heard these type of, of stories before. And the reason that I think that a lot of times that an unhealthy, non-biblically functioning church, it looks more like our society than, than what God has envisioned for us. And a lot of us look at the local church like a pile of yarn. I can't tell you how many times that... that People have come to me who have come from a different local church, complaining about that local church, saying, you know what, I was part of that, that local church, and I used to go on, on Sundays, and I'd go Sunday in and, and Sunday out, and I just decided, and they don't. this is my interpretation, I just decided one day to not show up to see if anybody noticed, to see if anybody called me. And they said, you know what, I didn't go for a week and, and nobody called me. I didn't go for another week and nobody called me. I didn't go for a third week and, and no one called me. One, two, three. Nobody, nobody noticed that I was gone. What a rotten church that was or is. I always scratch my head. I'm like, really? Is it really the church's fault? The body of Christ's fault? Because I can tell you, if someone chopped my finger off, or even my pinky toe that a lot of people don't even think is necessary, if you chop that off, I'd notice. And if you chop my toe off, I'd be mad at you. You know what? I think that really, if you don't show up and no one notices, I think that's more indicative of you not taking your responsibility seriously. I, I'm sorry if you feel that this is really hard, but this is reality. That God has given each of us abilities to do certain things well. Not everybody has to be on stage or sing or, or do different things, but all of us have a role to play, and a local church will not be healthy until all the parts of the body are functioning and taking their responsibilities seriously. And no one is exempt. That God has given us a huge order, a huge vision to fulfill. And we have all been called to actively participate in that. He also goes on and, and, and talks about how he works and he struggles so hard. And, you know, the truth is, that nothing comes easy. I, I've often had people come up to me, you know, when things are just going sideways in this place and it's hard and, and you know, there's not enough people resources or there's not enough money or, or 
there's not enough this or that, and, and it's just hard, and why can't we, we do what we want to do and, and do what we feel God has called us to do? And, uh, you know, eventually somebody will say, if God was in this, why is it so hard? Why do we have to struggle so much? It's like, I don't know, you ever read the Bible? It's been that way. I mean, that's just the way it is. That, you know what? We fight against unseen powers. That we fight against, you know, things that are trying to stop us. You know what? I think the more dangerous you are, the more struggles and the harder it's going to be because you are on Satan's radar. Could you imagine if you were doing something and you just kind of laugh like, whatever, do whatever you want, you're, you're not really doing anything. I think one of the sure signs that you are on the right path is obstacles, is hardships, are struggles. But you know what? It'll burn you out. I have seen so many people burn out because they try to do it in their own power. And Paul talks about, you know what? You've got to depend on Christ's power. Because you only have so much power. And the truth is that it's hard being a follower of Christ. That's why Christ said, pick up your cross daily and follow me. Not pick up your you know, beach chair and your little, you know, glass with an umbrella in it and come hang out with me. No, cross. Cross is an awful image of being crucified. Not good. What we're called to do is hardship and struggle. But if you want to be part of something that is important, that is worthwhile, that is eternal... You have to take your responsibility seriously. There's no substitute for hard work. You've got to depend on Christ. And then the next thing that he talks about, or this word that popped out, was this, this agonize. He agonizes over the local church. And I'm like, wow, agonize? Really? Do we want to agonize? And I started thinking about that. And like, what kind of things do you agonize over? Things you care about. If you don't agonize over something, then you know what? You don't care. You agonize about your, your good friends and, and their problems. You agonize when they're going down the wrong path. You agonize about, about friends and, or, and family members who are hurt or you want to help and love. And if, you know what? If you're not in agony over your church, then you just don't care. That, you know what, probably the best thing and probably the, the bettest, best sign that you are really taking your responsibility seriously, that, that you are connected and, and, and loving, is if church is an agony for you. That, that you agonize over it. That you agonize over the budgets. That you agonize over, over the people who are getting baptized and wanting them to be matured and, and in fine community. That you agonize when E3Kids doesn't, ha you know, doesn't have enough 
uh, workers to teach our children, or you are in agony over, over Red Eye Midtown, if they have enough volunteers, or, or if they are selling enough coffee, or they're making enough awareness of a different humanitarian efforts, or these kinds of different things. If you are not in agony over this place, that might be a telltale sign that you are not a healthy, functioning member of the body. But we need to be in agony over the things that we care about and love. And then finally, after all the participating and suffering and responsibility of serving and working and struggling so hard and, and agonizing, Paul comes full circle and talks about encouraged, wanting us to be encouraged. And then he talks about this vision of being knit together by strong ties of love. 1 John chapter 3, verses 18 says this, John says this, let us stop just saying we love each other. Let us really show it by our actions. It is by our actions that we know we are living in the truth. And here I think we get a glimpse of true biblical community. It is not just a pile of yarn. If one person falls off, it doesn't really matter. We still have it. If another falls off, if one family goes off, if one person goes to prison, if one person goes into a mental institution, if one person goes into rehab, you know, hopefully there'll be more and we'll be able to perpetuate the thing and, and just, you know what, eventually it all just goes away. But you know what, there's no one there to agonize over it anyway. So who really cares? That is not the vision that God has for the local church. The vision that he has is more like what those ladies on Thursday morning do with these loose pieces of yarn. They create and weave something together with love. And the interesting thing is that, you know what? This is just a collection of yarn. There's no additives. It's the same thing that has been discarded on the floor except one thing. The touch of a master's hand. And the cool thing is that it's held together by each other. Every piece Supporting the other. No glue, no two by fours, nothing except a woven together bunch of pieces of yarn that actually ends up with something that has substance, that has value, that can keep you warm, it can give you comfort. 
It can be so many different things to so many different people, but only because it has been woven together. We need to trust one another. We need to stop being disconnected. We need to start taking our responsibilities seriously. We need to agonize over the things that, that are going on. That we need to participate and suffer and work hard. And we need to encourage one another to live out the vision that God has for their life. We need to actively pursue and allow God to weave us together. Those of us who have proclaimed Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have accepted his, his free gift of salvation and we have made him the leader of our life. And when that happens, amazing things happen. We are able to go out as his ambassadors and love and change the world. Let's pray. Dear God, I just uh, pray against the desire for us to be a loose collection of yarn. That we will put our trust in you as the master and allow you to knit us together that you will allow us to bring comfort and warmth and whatever else that you have envisioned for us to be. God, we subject ourselves to your leadership. We ask you to use us. We pray that you will bring people in our lives who will encourage us to take our responsibilities seriously, to work hard, and to take ownership. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.